Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on. It's the first day of fall, right? It's under 80 degrees. Got the flannel on, right? It's like Groundhog Day. Once the flannel comes out, it's fall. So we're good to go. This bad boy does not want to stay up. All right. Hey, um... I think we'll be all right. As we get going here, um, go ahead and pop the lights on for everybody because if you need to take notes or anything like that, just so you know, we do have uh, bulletins in the back and pens. So if you need to take notes for today, especially for those of you in connection group, make sure you're good to go. That's on the back table there. Uh, Also, just want to remind you that um, if, uh, if you need to check anything out, go back and see the sermon. It is on your church app. You can access everything to there or on Apple Podcasts. People have been asking about that. So YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all those types of things. Uh, today is a wonderful, cozy day and for football, too. So just, you know, every Sunday we kind of have an open-door policy at the house. We just like to know who's coming over. But if you want to uh, kick it at our house, watch football, hang out, we've got a fire pit in the back, you can relax. Um, just let me know if you need my address or if you know where I live. Just get some food and show up. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to be kicking it relaxing today. Today is like happy and sad day at the same time, because we have a wonderful family that I've known for a long time that, like everybody else in California, is moving to Texas. So I want to invite up the Greens right now. Hey, don't be whooping Texas. You're not there yet. Go ahead, uh, uh, Shannon and Andrea, go ahead and come on up. Let me get the mask on for them. We didn't test this, that this bad boy works with the mask, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold Grayson. What's up? Please don't be scared of me. Please don't be scared of me. There we go. Awesome. Hey, what we're doing today is kind of two things. One is we're going to uh, dedicate uh, Grayson. And as you guys know, whenever we do a dedication, yeah, whenever we do one, um, it is, uh, this is not about like once you pray for them, they're saved, they're good to go. We don't believe that, and the Bible doesn't preach that. It's really dedicating him and the family uh, to God. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And, uh, and then also I'm going to be praying too. It's going to be a long one, long prayer. So you do ever want to relax, because we're also, uh, I've known uh, Shane and Dre for a long time. I got to do their premarital counseling, and uh, so it's been, how long have you guys been married for? That's, has it been a while? Six years, so yeah, so several years, um, and uh, they've been uh, dedicated to our church, and they are moving to Texas. Good job opportunity. Uh, also moving out, Shoshana, I believe you're heading out, and uh, I've known Shoshana for a long time, and so um, just appreciate you guys. Oh, thank you. All right, appreciate it. Yeah. Until you find a great church, like, no, we got a great church. Yeah, Texas is like full of great churches. Trust me, you'll replace me really easy. Um, Lots of bald head guys out there. Um, But uh, no, we're going to miss you. I know you're going to miss it. Just the relationship. Been through a lot of ups and downs together. But it's also a commissioning. Whenever someone moves, I feel like we're we're commissioning them. And they've got to, we're praying that they find the right church. And and then also um, just that God uses them as missionaries. Uh, It's been awesome, you guys, just so you know. I feel like Knowing you so long, the last like three or four months has been some of the best. I've seen you guys grow. So I told you how proud I am of you. And so seeing you guys grow so much in your faith, I'm excited for where God has you. So, um, all right, should we try the, the transfer here? Hey, hey, buddy, can I hold you? Oh, you look good. You look good, buddy. Yeah. All right, Grayson, we're going to pray for you. Is that cool? We're going to pray for you. Your daddy's right here. So would you join me? Jesus, we just lift uh, Grayson up to you. 
um, as we have Logan, his brother, and God, we just pray that Grayson would know you at an early age, that your spirit would speak to him, and that he can know you and perceive you and understand you. We pray that you would use him, Lord, greatly and mightily in his own family to encourage uh, their faith, but also that their faith would encourage him. God, we pray that you would prepare him for whatever is ahead and that he could just be a light to you. I pray for Shane and Andrea, Lord, that they would understand how you want them to develop him, to give him back to you, Jesus, as he gets older. I pray that they would mentor him well and train him well and love him well, Lord. And we pray, God, that, uh, that he would just flourish in you and in faith. God, we lift up this family. I thank you so much for this family, Lord. And God, I pray that we commission them to go out to Texas. And I know there's a ton of churches, but people out there need to know Jesus too. I pray that you would use them. I pray that you would give them a great body to be around. I pray for both uh, Logan and Grayson, that they'd have a great children's ministry just to learn about you and a church, God, that they can grow old in and raise the next generation. So, God, we send them in your name. We pray you protect them and guide them. We also lift up Shoshana, God. We just thank you for her. Bless her ministry. Bless her job, God. And we pray that she can just just enjoy being a grandma and uh, that ministry of grandparenting too. Lift them up in your name. Amen. Jesus, uh, thank you for um, your word, that we don't have to guess what you think or how you feel about people, about our world, and about the church. Um, God, I pray that you would give us calm minds right now. Lord, I, I kind of have a vibe right now that many of us are coming in and we're distracted. And you are a God that demands our attention because there's nothing more important. There is no bill. There is no person. There is no politician. There's no amount of money that's more important than making sure that our eternity and our life here is on point to live the best life that we can live with you. So God, would you protect us? I know Satan would love to distract us or even just our own minds and what's going on and stress. Jesus, I pray your Holy Spirit would just calm us right now and that you would guide us, change our hearts and change our minds where we need to change and encourage us where we need to be encouraged, Lord. In your name, amen. So I'm gonna, the premise of today, uh, not necessarily the premise, but where I would like to maybe start from today is um, we're looking at the book of Acts and it literally means actions. So the book is telling you what it's about. It's about the actions of the Spirit of God. Jesus had his time here on earth, died, rose again, and as he goes to heaven, he's saying, hey, I'm coming back. But in the meantime, rather than just walking with me, I'm gonna actually, rather than walking with you, I'm gonna put myself, a piece of me in you. And that's where the Bible talks about the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, whenever you read that in the Bible. The Holy Spirit is not a force. It is not a feeling. The Bible says he's a person. Just as real as Jesus, God the Father. That means he has feelings. That's why the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you realize how you live your life can make God clap in joy or grieve for you? So he has emotions, he has thoughts, and he has activity. And we get to see how does the Holy Spirit work? And so we've been talking about that over the last few weeks. Today we're going to talk about how he works as far as I guess the statement would be that a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So how, how do you know when the Holy Spirit's really moving in a person or in an area? 
I would say this based off our passage today. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is a church that is so united, it functions as and represents Jesus to all. How does the Holy Spirit work? He saves people, not just to individualize them, saying, now it's just me and you, but churches are birthed out of people repenting, giving their lives to God, and that's how churches are birthed. But the Holy Spirit works through the church more than through individuals, which is tough because we live in a very individualistic society. I think this way. I feel that way. This is my truth. I go to church for this reason. This is what I think the church is. And what the Holy Spirit says, don't care about all those things. He defines the church, the purpose, the reason. And one of the things we see is that a fruit of the Holy Spirit is a church, but not just a church, but a church that is so united that it actually functions as, that means it's literally the hands of Jesus. As Jesus did ministry, so the church does ministry, but it also represents Jesus to all that when people see the church the way it should be, I know for some of you, you're like, uh, not the churches I've seen. <laughs> well, sometimes we don't do it right. But that's our goal, right? Is that when people try to understand who God is, they can go to church and be like, oh, this is what God looks like. We see this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 is where we're going to start. We talked about last week that um, how the Holy Spirit uses the supernatural and the natural to bring people to him. That's a normal, normal thing. We're not scared of the supernatural, but we don't pursue the supernatural. We pursue Jesus. But supernatural things are going to happen. I mean, he's the God of the universe. But he also works very naturally, right, within our gifts and within who we are and within situations too. And so we talked about that. And then so Peter gave a sermon, and it was, the, it was really the first time that Christians are starting here. We're seeing the birth of literally a church. So what does it look like? Well, let's look at Acts chapter 2, the birth of really the first church that we see in Acts. It says that they devoted themselves. If you have a pen or pencil, you can circle it online, devoted. Obviously, that's our word of the day. So these people give their lives to Jesus. What's the first thing they do? They give their lives to Jesus. What's the first thing they do? They devote themselves to what? Well, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. just means coming together, hanging out. That's what fellowship means. It's a Christianized word. Fellowship means just that kind of hang out together. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. So they're eat, breaking of bread is a terminology. They're eating together, spending a lot of time together. And to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They were unified. When church came together, we had one purpose of why we were here. A church cannot represent Jesus if, if everyone comes here with different reasons and a different purpose. We have to be united. We can't function, right? Same thing in a family. If a family has different purposes. If a husband and wife get married and one is married for this reason and for that reason, I think this is where the kids should be or another one thinks that if it's fragmented, you can't be a, 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 you're a, a family in a sense, but you're not functioning well. Same thing in a business. Have you ever been part of a, a business? We have a few different owners and one owner wants to do one thing, wants to do another, a manager wants to, you can't function. So in, for the church to function, we must, as they were, 
have everything in common. And they're, and they're talking about just the vision and purpose of the church. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. We're seeing what happens when the Holy Spirit works in the church. What happens? Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. So we're seeing the function of the church and what the beginning, when the Holy Spirit moves, what the church should look like. We see later on in Acts chapter 4, if you want to go a few pages over, a couple chapters down, we see again how the church, and just so you know, Acts 1 through 5, when you read the book of Acts, that's all one year time frame. When you read Acts 1 to Acts chapter 5, all that is within 12 months. And so when we jump down to chapter 4, we're, we're just a few months out. Again, explaining the function of the church. Check this out. Verse 32 in chapter 4 says this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. You see that unity? One in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there was no needy person among them. For from, the time, uh, for from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who was in need. They devoted themselves to all these things. Devotion to sharing. Devotions, apostles' teaching. Devotion to praising God. Devotion to giving to anyone who is in need. This is the function of the church. Sometimes we complicate church. This is the essence of what we are shooting for. That word devotion, I'm not going to ask what you're devoted to, but how do you know? What were your guys' answers? How do you know if you're devoted to something or to someone? How do you know? Time and money, right? Not willing to spend the time. You're not really devoted to me, right? And then money. Your pocketbook speaks, right? Your pocketbook speaks to where you're devoted. Your emotions yeah, your emotions, okay? So just what you're drawn to and, and, and uh, you know you're devoted when they can affect you as far as really happy or really sad. What else? How do you know you're devoted to something or to someone? You think about it, right? If you're devoted to someone when you're gone, you, you think about them. What else? You sacrifice. It's gonna hurt a little bit because you're devoted. So devotion isn't always joy, joy, joy. It's, it's going to be painful, but I'm going to give up something because I believe so much in this thing or this person. Sacrifice. Anything else? Ooh, oh, you guys are in tune with God right there. Yeah, I know. Loyalty, right? I'm going to stick with you through thin and thin. I'm loyal to you. That means I'm devoted. When I'm not, when I lack loyalty, I lack devotion, Right? Uh, this word devotion, um, it's really two Greek words combined together. Um, and so the, the Greek word is proskaterio, proskaterio. And so pros means to continue moving forward. Katero means prevailing strength. So you move forward with prevailing strength. So a definition could easily be this for devotion is to do something intensely and persistently to do something intensely and persistently. That's what they meant by devotion to the church. 
What this indicates is that devotion's not easy. If you need prevailing strength, that means that there's difficulty or there's times you don't feel like doing it, right? When you're devoted to someone, sometimes you don't feel like doing something for them, but I'm devoted. If you're devoted to work, some of us, you know, you're devoted to work, you don't always feel like going to work, <laughs> but I'm devoted. I show up to do a job. Devotion is something that's not talked about, but it's actually the key to the success of the church. We cannot represent and function as Jesus if church is just kind of one of those things of, oh, it's number 15 on the list. There has to be a devotion. A lot of times people think of a successful church is maybe the building, the lights, the feelings that it presents, right? The presentation. And none of those things are bad. Having a building, having presentation, having those aren't bad. But in God's eyes, it's the devotion of the hearts, not the presentation of the people. That's a healthy church. Devotion means that it's not easy, but you can overcome difficulty because it's worth it. It's worth it when we devote ourselves that the church functions as and reflects Jesus well to all people. That means Christians and maybe those that are disconnected from God that represents well. So what is this devotion to? What did we read? What are they devoted to? Well, there's three things that they're really devoted to when you read this passage. The first one is this. They were devoted to God's word or truth. It's very important for church to be healthy that we're devoted to God's words, which is, the Bible would say, truth. We believe in, in absolute truth. We believe that when God speaks, his truth trumps all of our truth. We have little T truth. He has big T truth. So when we come up to something that doesn't make sense or is difficult for us, we submit to big T truth with our little T truth when we allow him to, to change us so that we represent him. Christianity is not about representing what I think, but what God thinks and putting our hearts and minds and lives into trusting him. So one of the ways of being a healthy church, a vibrant church that we see at the beginning, a church that God was adding to their number where he, had, he gave favor to the church was that they are devoted to God's word, but not just listening to God's word, but actually applying God's word. Being devoted to God's truth is not listening to truth, but actually applying it. And being devoted to God's truth is not necessarily just listening to a sermon. Right? They were listening to the apostles' teachings. And think about this, because uh, sometimes we're even thinking like um, being devoted to God's truth is like we need to be you know, reading the Bible daily or things like that, which is a good thing. But you got to remember, they didn't have the printing press back then. It was invented much later. So how did you get God's truth? By listening and by dialoguing, by talking about it. That's why for us to maintain health as a church is we don't just do church on Sundays. We dialogue during the week in our small groups. Because from dialogue, then you can apply it. Because you can hear something today and be like, ah, walk out and completely forget, right? Do it all the time. Monologue is good. Dialogue is better. But the devotion to God's truth. The more you get into the word of God and the word of God gets into you, the healthier our church is going to be. And here's the thing about a healthy church is it's not about the programs. That's really important because that can give an appearance of health. Right? We all show up here. It's like, oh, everyone looks pretty good. You know, he's like, ah, seems like a pretty good church. 
but God sees what's going on behind the scenes. And his whole thing is, no, if this amount of people aren't just getting in the, God, the word of God now, but throughout the week, they're, they're, they're devoted intensity, persistent to get the word of God in me, whether it's listening in my car, whether it's listening as I go to bed at night, whether it's waking up, opening the Bible, let me get a verse in before I go throughout the day, but not just reading it, but saying, how can I live this out? When the church is that, and then we gather together, that's a church that has the favor of God. And they were doing that. They were dedicated to the apostles' teaching, which is the word of God. The apostles' teaching, just so you know, that would turn into our New Testament. So 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, all that, it would turn into that. So that was their scripture. The second thing we see is what the church was devoted to was not just God's word, the truth, but also God's people to loving each other. There's a devotion when I become a Christian. How do I know if I become a Christian? The Bible says I, also, I now have a devotion to other Christians. That needs to be intense and persistent because that can be difficult. I don't know if you've tried to love other Christians, but that can be difficult at times, huh? We hurt each other, don't we? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, I don't want to nod in church, but you know. Yeah, we hurt each other, we mess up. That's why the Bible over and over, the apostles uh, teach as far as, hey, show grace to one another, love one another. Why? Why do we have to forgive one another? Why do we have to be patient? Yeah, you get in a connection group. Yeah, it gets uncomfortable at times. Someone says something, they step on your toes. They do something that you don't like. They say a joke you don't think is funny. Yeah, it's messy. In fact, when a church isn't messy, this is what it tells you, nothing's happening. It has to get messy for things to get cleaned up. But when we hold our cards close because we don't want anyone to think bad of us, I'm not gonna share anything. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't wanna show up tonight. They'll see I'm a mess. I don't wanna cry in front of people. What happens is then we don't look like Jesus. We don't look like Jesus. And so the Bible says that we have to learn to love each other, which means we have to be in relationship. They were devoted to loving each other, to making sure that people were comforted, forgiven, that needs were taken care of, financial needs were taken care of. Nobody was individualistic. For our church to be healthy, we have to be able to come together. And that plays out in different ways. And I think we have been. I think we can continue to grow in that way. But being generous, talked about how we're going down to Mexico and visiting Texas, or the Texas, Tijuana uh, Christian uh, Mission and how they need to build a women's battered shelter there. We're gonna test our generosity. Are we devoted to being generous? Yeah, I'll drink a few more, less Starbucks. I can give a little bit more money. Yeah, we have 5,000 for a vacation. What if we take 500 of that and give it to that? And we go out one less time on vacation. It takes sacrifice. Giving financially generously, just so you know, you'll look at your giving statement and be like, I could have bought a car. I could have gone on vacation. That's part of being generous. It's sacrifice. I'm going to give up something because to be a part of something, to be a part of something where we get to bless and encourage others. We've done that here. We've been generous with each other when we've had needs. And that's what we continue to want to be doing as a church when there's bills that need to be paid, when there's things that need to be taken care of, cars need to be fixed, that we have money as a church to be able to disseminate it and say, let's take care of one another. We're devoted to loving each other, that is part of a church that is healthy. That is part of a fruit of the Holy Spirit that we are a healthy church. So we see that they were doing that. And the third thing that we see is that they're devoted to was God's word, God's people, but also God's mission, where they're giving hope to the world. It says, and the Lord added to their daily numbers. 
So the next few chapters, we're going to see how God did that. And just so you know, this is how God adds to a church. It's two ways. It happens organically, and it happens organizationally. Organizationally is where you're going to see that. That's where the church sends out missionaries. A healthy church, there's going to be some people that say, I'm going to leave this church, and I'm going to go dedicate time. And the church supports them to go bring the gospel to places and to go encourage certain areas. It could be inner city. It could be Africa. It could be uh, here wherever it is, but we support people so they can spend extra time. But the Bible also is going to show us that it just happens organically, that we're devoted to being on mission for God, which is what we've been talking about in the book of Acts, that we're praying for people disconnected for God, that we're inviting people uh, who are disconnected from God or church, that we have a, this week, one of your challenges is going to be, um, if you're in a connection group, is to write out your story How did you come to know Jesus? Why did you come to know Jesus? So that you're prepared to share with people. So you're prepared that organically as you're walking around, as you're at school, as you're at, um, you know, practice for sports, wherever you're at, at your job, that you're ready whenever opportunity comes. So we're going to see that next. We're going to see how God's going to give you opportunities. But the key thing is, are we ready? Well, when you're devoted, you're ready. When you're devoted to seeing the mission of God expand, you're going to be ready to go. I was thinking about this, like, how do I make a a succinct statement about the church? And this is what I kind of thought of. What I wrote down is this. The church is God's people organized in a way that reveals the heart of God and completes the mission of God. It is a supernatural experiment of God working in people in order to work through them. That's the church. The church is more than ministry and programs and children's ministry and worship and set up. This is the church. This is what I care about. I also wrote this. To be apart from it, so to be apart from the church, makes real and long-lasting growth and impact impossible. The Bible would say that when we would detach ourselves from a church, a local body, it's actually impossible to grow in your faith and to impact overs over the, over the long haul. It's impossible. And whenever I run into people, um, and it doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while, talk to someone. And when it's one of those things of, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm just not a part of the church. Well, that tells me everything. It was just me and God. Well, the Bible would say that that's, God doesn't want it that way. He doesn't want just you and him. He wants you and others because it's impossible for you to grow on your own. It's impossible for you also to impact others. We need, that's what the church is for. It's not just a healing center. It's a training center. One of the things I wrote, though, too, is that to be a part of the church, though, is both a labor of love and a process of pain. Because many of us don't want to be a part of a church intimately because we've been hurt by church. Someone hurt our feelings. Someone did something. And so many of us, it's like, I don't want to be a part of something that hurts. And we have to acknowledge that. We actually have to acknowledge that. And it's going to happen in our church. But that's the beauty of acting um, and reflecting, seeing ourselves as reflecting Jesus rather than just it's about me or how I feel about things. Because let me look at Jesus. How forgiving and patient was Jesus with people? Have you noticed that when you read the Gospels? How many times did the disciples say the dumbest things to him? right? And he say, oh, I'm going to get new disciples. Let me just start over, right? He's stuck with the same ones. Check this out. 
when he washed the disciples' feet, he washed all the disciples' feet, right? You remember the one who betrayed him? He even washed the disciples' feet that would betray him and sell him out. Jesus was de devoted to his disciples. He was devoted to his church. He modeled for us. So how do we respond? We don't run away from pain. We don't run away from hurt. We come together. We forgive. We listen. We bear with one another. We work through it because that shows Jesus to people rather than being like, I'm out. And that's what happens for a lot of us. So I just want to acknowledge we're going to have pain. It's a labor of love, but it's laborious, right? It's hard. But it's okay if it's hard when I'm devoted, realizing that the church is the primary way that God shows himself to the world and draws himself to the world. Do you hear what I just said? If the church is the primary way that God promotes himself to the world, speaks to the world, and draws himself to the world. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 16, he looked at Peter and said, listen, I tell you, Peter, that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That when we're devoted to church, in the short term, sometimes it can seem rocky or tough or we go through our ups and downs, but over the long haul, when we're devoted, we're devoted to loving each other. We're devoted to being generous. We're devoted to God's word. We're devoted to, to having our Bibles, having it and, and really being uh, intense with it to understand it. That that's where health comes out of. That's where favor comes out of. Sometimes you don't see it in the short term, but when you're persistent over time, you're going to see it. As a church gets older, you're supposed to see it. I was reminded of this um, this week. I got out of the blue. Um, I got a, a, a text message from a guy that I hadn't seen since junior high. I was a volunteer, junior high leader. If you've, if you've done like junior high ministry, you can do junior high ministry and feel like you have zero impact on their lives. <laughs> like, you, like just everything you say just goes one and out the other, you know, just everything you're trying to tell them about Jesus and they're telling fart jokes after you tell them about Jesus. Right? You're like, they don't get like, I, I, I'm, why, why am I existing in their life right now? Like why, right? Mike McCullough. Mike McCullough was one of those junior highs. You know, you know the junior higher that they look about five years older than they are, right? You think they're an adult, but they're in eighth grade. He was one of those. Mike looked a little bit older. And um, so he contacted me and I didn't know where this was gonna go because Mike and I had an interesting relationship where uh, I tried to spend time with them. I would, even in junior high, I tried to go, you know, go to his ball games, um, take him out to lunch, like try to spend time with them. When we were at church, try to pray with him, like all these things. But I felt like I was doing it all, I'm like it has zero impact, right? Trying to love on him, not getting anything back. But he's going through a rough time. Parents went through a divorce. Tried to work with the parents. They want nothing to do with it. Just seemed kind of like a lost cause. So when he wanted lunch, I'm like, I don't know where this is going to go. Like, dude, I hated you. You ruined my life. Like, I didn't know which way. Like, this could be really good or really bad. So we go out. We actually go for coffee, not lunch. And so it was crazy because um, we were talking about reminiscing about junior high. I'm like, whoo. Like, this is how crazy it was. This one time he wasn't listening. And he stood up, looked me eye to eye because he was a big boy. And, like, he wanted to throw down. And I was like, dang, like, all right, this is ministry. It's about to get real. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to choke him out for Jesus or he's going to knock me out for Satan. Like something's going on. Either I'm getting knocked out or he's getting choked out. I don't know which way this is going to go. So it was crazy. Like we had that type of relationship, but also had times where he would cry and I'd pray. With him. Like it's just this really. So I didn't know if he's going to share, you know, what he's going to share. And so, um, so Mike starts saying, hey, I just want to thank you for everything you did. 
And I, I thought he didn't recognize anything. And he's like, hey, I remember the time you took me out to, you know, to coffee or I mean, back then it's probably a shake or something like that. And he's, and he's remembering all these things I didn't even remember. I'm like, oh, hey. he's like, thanks for being an example. When I was going through the divorce, like you shared about your divorce, not my personal divorce, but when my parents were their divorce. You know, so he's like, thanks for sharing your life with me and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, awesome. But nothing stuck. He goes, but I remembered that. But he kind of went on a, a difficult path. And then just two years ago, um, he was ready to give his life to God. And what God used was all these people. He used myself. He used other people in the church. He used different sermons. He used different relationships. But he still wasn't ready yet. We were just planting seeds, right? And it seemed like there was going to be no fruit. He got married and his wife went through a, a difficult health time for an extended period of time. And they couldn't figure it out. They took him to the doctors, couldn't figure it out. And he had a pastor that said, hey, I, I could be off, but I think what's going on is God's trying to get your attention. You're not the spiritual leader of the home. Your wife is floundering and you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to go home and pray for her and she's gonna be healed. That's a pretty bold statement, right? Because if it doesn't work out, that's awkward. Like, if he, you know, praise and she's not healed. It's like, uh, you know. And he's like, this is, this is what God has on my heart for you. He started crying, goes home, prays for his wife. She's been healed since that day. No symptoms, everything is gone. He's crying. This is a dude that didn't cry at all, showed no emotion. He's sitting there crying and he goes, and then from there, since it was kind of a prophetic word that impacted my life, he goes, I just want you to know now my ministry is, I go and every day I pray to give a prophetic word to someone to encourage them that the, that the Lord would speak to me. He goes to hospitals. One guy at a ch as church, he went to a hospital and um, he asked to pray for the guy, pray for the guy, left. Uh, the guy was healed, called him, and is like, I'm coming to your church. Are you guys seeing the supernatural and the natural? Are you also seeing that sometimes you don't see the fruit of the church, but it's coming? When we love each other, sometimes we feel like I'm, it's this love, this helping them, this serving them, it's doing nothing. You keep what? Devoted. Our devotion is not based off their reaction. Our devotion is based off how Jesus has treated all of us. That's a healthy church. And this is really important because we view healthy church from different perspectives. But what we're going to see is that when the church was first started, first of all, a church is a part of the movement of the Holy Spirit, which means if I'm not a part of a church, that I'm going to lack the movement of the Spirit in my life. Can't separate the two. That's important to God. In fact, later on in Ephesians, Paul would say that, that marriage represents how Jesus feels about the church as a bride. This is also why we gotta be careful about talking ill of any church. That church stinks, that pastor's dead. But we'll be careful about gossip. Why? Because that's Jesus' bride. Just so any of you know, you can make fun of me all you want. I'm kidding, you do. This church does a great job. Like you, you, you have like a, a good spiritual gift of mockery. It really is, I'm, I'm very impressed with you guys. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, but if you say anything about Christine, knock out or choke out. Easy, right? Easy. And I'll ask Jesus for forgiveness later. No problem. And I know you won't be coming to our church. But why? Because that's my wife. So do not speak ill of my wife. I need you to understand that because that's how Jesus feels about his church. We know we're messed up. I lead this church. We know. I know I'm messed up. I'm still working on my salvation too. I just happen to have a gift, but I'm still working on my heart just like you are, right? 
And so is the church next door and the church that hurt you five years ago and the pastor that you didn't like 10 years ago. And yeah, it's messy. But if it wasn't messy, that means there's no ministry because we're messy people. And here's the thing. Didn't Jesus hang around messy people? And he stayed devoted to them when they were unfaithful, when they were mean, when they abandoned him, he stayed devoted. In the book of Acts, how do you know the Holy Spirit is moving? Because the church is vibrant. The church is vibrant in being generous and being loving to each other, being dedicated to God's word, loving God's words, his truth, and then being devoted to mission, being devoted to seeing disconnected people come to him. And if someone tells you no, you go on to the next person. You're looking for people to draw in who are ready to receive his love. That's a healthy church. And that's the kind of church I want to be a part of, and I hope we are, you guys. The lighting might not always be perfect. The building might not always be perfect. The small groups might not always be perfect. We might hurt each other. We might step on each other's toes. I'm okay with that. That's not a perfect church. As long as we stay focused on hearing and applying God's word in our lives constantly, loving each other well. That's a lot of my job is helping us to navigate that. We offend each other. We hurt each other. We disappoint each other. I'm going to acknowledge that. And we will always do that in this church. How do we look like Jesus? By forgiving each other, by overlooking certain sins. Not every offense is real. So thicken the skin. It's better to have thick skin with a soft heart where some of us have very thin skin and a hard heart. No, no, no. Thicken the skin up. Soften the heart. That's what Jesus did. Loving each other well, but also being on mission to give this world hope, and it comes from his church. That's where it comes from. This week, when you discuss it in your connection groups, just so you know, uh, part of your challenge is to write out your testimony. I put the words there to do it succinctly. That means like under, under like three or four minutes. All right, we're going to share that in group. So if you've never shared your testimony, work on that this week. I'm also encouraging you to have one Bible verse that's kind of your life verse. So if you don't have one, start looking through the Bible. But I, I'd like you to, to be kind of based in the word of God. And then also this week in connection groups, just so you can see, and your questions are on your app, and then I'll email it out to you if you're in a connection group. But also we're going to pray for Access Church. We're going to pray for health. We're going to pray that, that we love each other well. We're going to pray that we are devoted to the truth. So that's what we're going to do in connection groups. We're going to pray for our church. We're going to share our testimony so that we're ready to share when everyone, when anyone asks. The worship team is going to come up now and we're just going to kind of sit in that and allow God to speak to us and appreciate and, and develop our devotion for him and for who he loves, and that's his church. And so as the worship team comes up, we take communion each week. You have communion in the front here, and you can just come up by yourself. If you want to come with a group of people and just kind of pray together, but we remember the love and the sacrifice of Jesus because that is what motivates us and compels us. Because our job, our goal is to reflect Jesus. And so we remember how he sacrificed and loved. Also, if you need prayer for anything, we have uh, the prayer team will be in the back by the chairs over there. Yeah, they'll have a little lanyards on. Prayer for anything. We'd love to love on you by just praying for you. It could be a physical ailment. It could be a relationship. You could just say nothing and just have someone pray for you. But they'll be in the back there with the, with the lanyards. Well, let's go ahead and dedicate some time to allowing God to encourage and to speak, us, uh, speak to us as we worship 
him. And to encourage you with this, this was also one of the aspects of a healthy church is they love to praise God and to enjoy his favor and to worship him because he is good. So Jesus, we come before you now. And God, I pray that, that as a church, that we would be united, that we're not coming here for our own desires, our own reasons, but God, we're coming here for why you want us to come here. And that's to, to really have hearts and minds that are devoted to truth, that we wanna hear from you to be able to apply it to our lives. God, that we're devoted to each other, to checking in with each other, to praying for each other, to listening to one another, to being generous where there's needs, whether it's words of encouragement or money or whatever it is, but we're devoted to coming here to love each other. And on God, we're also devoted to seeing numbers added, people added to your kingdom, that we never give up. And so God, I pray that you would just speak to us, encourage us, and unite us as a church together as we worship you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com. 